previously on The Startup Life. One of the beauties I love about e-commerce is that, first of all, it's not a brick and mortar store. So if it's not a brick and mortar store, what are you not paying for? You're not paying for utilities. You're not paying for rent for the space and a whole lot of other things that comes with the brick and mortar store. Okay. Number two, unlike a brick and mortar store, that e-commerce store is 24 hours and it's worldwide instantly. So it's like you really don't have to be manning the counter all day and you can still be making sales while you sleep. Now for the conclusion of who you call in a small business. My name is Dominic Lawson and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. The Startup Life is brought to you by OWLS. If you are a high-impact organization, school, small business, or nonprofit, and you are in need of professional development or strategy in your organization, you can reach OWLS at 901-857-4818 or visit our website at www.askowlsllc.com. OWLS will also be the home to our new online school, the OWL Academy, coming soon. All right, Startup Nation, so we talked about using tech in your business, right? Then we focused on creating a niche. And then lastly, before the break, we talked about being fast and trying to, you know, not really having that red tape to work through or work through, right? So now we're going to focus on taking care of your people. The most important asset in your business is taking care of your employees, okay? So what does that mean? Well, for starters, you got to listen to them, okay? Some of the best intel you can get on how your business is doing is from the people that you employ. So give them, the, give them your ear, listen to them, see what they have to say, accept their feedback. But outside of that, you know, you should be able to talk to your employees about more than just the business itself, okay? Talk about them. Like, for example, set up like a, 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 a set up a coffee date with one of your employees, okay? Ask them about their aspirations, their dreams, and their goals, how they feel that they're doing uh, in their role. You don't always have to have these moments and talk about their performance, but you can talk about, you know, where they see themselves in the company. If they feel like they don't see themselves in the company for far too long, getting to know them allows them to understand that you're invested in them. And you are, because if they don't do their job well, then your business is going to suffer and it's going to suffer tremendously. Okay. So let them know that you're invested in them, not just in the money that you pay them in their paycheck, but with, by giving them time, like they give you their time because they take away time. You know, I mean, honestly, I mean, I know they have to pay bills, right? So they need a job, but at the same time, they're spending their, their effort and their work ethic into your business. And that is very valuable. So get to know them a little bit more on a personal level. Also, see if there's anything that you can do to make their work experience a little better. Maybe they need a new chair because the one of the chairs that they're using is, is, is wearing out. Maybe they need a new keyboard if you use a keyboard in your business, okay? Because making them feel comfortable, like with a new chair, boosts morale in the workplace. And so if somebody sees that, hey, that Sally got a new chair after talking to the boss, they'll feel more comfortable to talk to you about some of the concerns that they may have. And so if they're able to express those concerns with you, they feel like, hey, he's invested in my success. We talked about in the earlier show about setting your uh, people up for success. When they see that, they feel that there's an open door policy or at the very least, you say there's an open door policy and they can actually see it firsthand. 
So now they can come to you. Morale goes up. And ultimately, ultimately, your business will reap the benefits. Another way to take care of your employees in your business is to earn their trust. Not them earning your trust, but you earning their trust. Okay? We talked about in the previous episode about micromanaging. So how do you earn their trust? Well, how about you give them a project that they can lead, okay? Gives them ownership in the business, not like necessarily equity, but it gives them ownership in the business and the uh, ownership in the success of the business. So give them a project to lead that you have nothing to do with and just give it solely to them. And what I mean by that is, you know, don't micromanage. Don't, you know, ask for like, you know, when they had a, I mean, have periodical meetings with them to see if they're meeting certain criteria or certain checkpoints or certain standards, if you will, at certain parts of the process to make sure that, you know, the work is getting done, obviously, because you're still there, you know, you still, you still employ them. But for the most part, don't, don't micromanage them. Okay. Leave them to the devices, let them come up with their own solutions for any roadblocks or anything that come up. So this goes a long way to boost the morale and earning earning their trust. But I will say this, though, um, with the example of giving them a project to earn their trust. If they already have too much on their plate, don't add more to their plate, okay? Because one thing you don't want to do is to stress them out and to overwork them because then your morale is going to turn to the downside and you're, you know, you're definitely going to start to lose trust. Even though you would think that uh, morale and trust don't go hand in hand, but when you're dealing with people, uh, they absolutely do. So be be mindful of that. So why is this important when competing with your larger competitors? Well, a lot of times corporations and, and, and big businesses can be, be so big that your middle management and upper management are so worried about goals and metrics and meeting those goals and metrics that they forget about this piece of managing. They forget about the piece of earning their team's trust. But as a small business owner, you can focus on that a little bit more because there's not as many people to manage. Okay. Like I said, that can be a vantage point for you as a small business owner. The next thing you want to do is focus on being patient with your team. I can't tell you how many times I have led a team and I'm trying to encourage them to do more and they're they're messing up so much like they're they're mismanaging money or I don't mean mismanaging money like miscounting it. That's probably a more correct word. I don't mean (laughs) like they're stealing money from the company. But what I'm saying is that they're um, they're you're showing them something new and they're screwing it up. But being patient with your team allows you to earn some of that trust like we talked about earlier. And to let you know that you know that they're human, okay? A lot of times, small business owners and entrepreneurs, they kind of forget that the people that they employ are not robots, okay? If you scold somebody too much, it's not always a motivating thing. People's feelings get hurt, okay? So allow yourself to be patient with your team. Allow yourself to understand that your team is going to make mistakes just because this thing this vision of your of your dream and your business is in your head doesn't necessarily mean that they see that same dream and they see that same vision or more importantly are going to execute it the same way you would do that task or that job okay so be patient okay now granted you know if you're showing them something over and over again they don't get it that's one thing but in the interim, you want to be patient with your team, okay? Remember that. Please remember that. 
because the last thing you want to do is have not one, not two, not three people walk out on you at the same time. And I give that example because I have seen it firsthand. You don't want people to walk out on you and then you're having to spend more time and resources trying to fill those roles as opposed to if you were just patient, then you wouldn't have that problem in the first place. Last but not least, be thankful of your team. Everybody loves a pat on the back. Everybody loves to know that what they do matters, especially to the millennial generation. They want to understand or they want to know that if they're going to be part of some, uh, if they're going to be a cog in some bigger machine that's bigger than themselves, they want to know that that little, their little piece or their little cog matters to the entire organization. And they need that. And I'm not saying just millennials, but we all need that. We all are aspiring to do something that's bigger than ourselves. That's, you know, contributing to the moving forward, if you will, of an organization. Okay. So be thankful of your team. Okay. That's part of investing in them as well. Next, let's focus on exceptional customer service. Customer service is one of those things that can differentiate you from the big uh, businesses or the larger corporations, if you will. Because when I was in banking, I would tell my clients all the time, look, it doesn't matter if you go to Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Regions, SunTrust, it doesn't matter. All banks sell the same thing for the most part. We all sell the same thing. But what differentiates us is the customer service piece. So it's my job as my as a personal banker at the time. It's my job to provide you with exceptional customer service. And one thing I would do, if you're a personal banker out there, I would emphasize the personal part of the personal banker role. I look at it as, um, you know, people have a lawyer for legal matters. Or people have doctor for medical matters. So you have a personal banker for financial matters. So if you're a personal banker out there, I'll give you that one for free. Okay. So use that in your role when you're trying to uh, give exceptional customer service to your clients as a personal banker role. So like I said, that's, that's for my personal bankers out there that's looking to get a head up on uh, the competition and to build their clientele. Now, back to my entrepreneurs. Okay. So when you're building a business, you definitely want to provide great customer service when you want to compete with the larger corporations. So one of the one one of the main things you want to exhibit, just like in the last segment, patience. You <laughs> when you are dealing with people and you are dealing with customers, you definitely want to exhibit patience with your customers. Okay, because the thing is, like, let's say you and and we're mostly talking about when we have customer complaints, right? That whole thing about the customers always right. Well, no. The customer is all not always right, but you're not going to tell them that. Okay, let them think that. But the thing is, uh, especially when you're talking about customer complaints, a lot of times when they're mad, more often than not, they're not mad at you. They're not mad at the company. They're probably mad at something that your company did, but it's really just accentuating something that has nothing to do with you, or it's exacerbating something that has nothing to do with you. Okay, so be patient. So when you're dealing with a customer complaint, let them vent. Don't cut them off. Empathize and listen to what they have to say. Okay, because you definitely don't want to cut them off because you may miss valuable information in moving forward. Okay, so let them vent. Let them talk it out. And sometimes, sometimes they'll work it out in their head all by themselves. And so just by being patient, 
you've worked out a problem without lifting a finger or in this case, speaking a word, right? So being patient with your customers and listening to them is a nice segue to my next point, being attentive. Listen to customer feedback. Listen to what they're looking for. And don't get me wrong, like sales figures and what's selling, that's great customer feedback. But if you have a brick and mortar store, pay attention to what a lot of your customers are focusing on, okay? Let's say you have a a retail clothing store, okay? And you have, let's say, gold shirts and purple shirts. If you see that you have your gold shirts in the back of the store and your purple shorts and purple shirts in the front of the store and you're noticing that the gold shorts the gold shirts are being looked at or touched or filled or tried on if you will more maybe you should move the gold shorts to the front of the store okay so you can get you know get some more revenue or some more sales if you will so pay attention to your customer and your client base is extremely important when competing with the uh, the small, larger corporations. Because I can tell you for a fact that th- they do that. They absolutely do that. Matter of fact, going back to the very first segment about tech, there's actually tech that uses heat signatures uh, from cameras that are placed inside the store that lets you know what's being touched more often than not. So what will happen is uh, you have the cameras in your, set up in your store and the uh, wherever it's red, Red indicates where all the action is happening, where all the activity is happening. So if you have, let's say, the purple and the gold shirts, using that example, uh, if you see that, you will see in the example I gave, I'm sorry, that the gold shirts are, are have more of the heat signatures, if you will. So you need to understand that maybe you should move those gold shirts to the front of the store, get you some more sales, okay? The next point I want to talk about is knowledge of the product. I can't tell you how many times you go into, let's say, a Walmart, okay? And Walmart is one of those places where they don't really specialize in one particular thing. And so you have a lot of uh, employees there that don't really know knowledge of the product. Let's say you're going to look for uh, a hammer, if you will. All they can pretty much tell you, for the most part, is that the hammers are in this part of the store. But if you go to like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, they can tell you like, you know, this hammer has this weight and it's for this type of job that does well with these type of nails. They can give you, they can give that expertise to the customer to allow the customer to make the most informed decision about buying the product as possible. When I was a teenager, um, one of the first jobs I had uh, when I turned 16 was at Foot Locker. I turned 16 in November. By that, that December, I was working at Foot Locker. And so... One thing I wanted to do was to learn about the product. And so when we would have uh, days where we had to put shoes up in stock, like we get a new shipment in, we had to put the stock up in the back room. uh, I would learn about the product. I would know uh, not only what was popular at the time, but also, you know, how the sizes ran. And I would juxtapose that to uh, the customer experience and, you know, what they would ask for, how a shoe fit And I would know that certain shoes would run smaller than others. And so when a customer would come in, uh, they would ask, so does these shoes run big or small? And, you know, being armed with that knowledge, you know, allows them to make more informed decisions. And uh, Foot Locker used to have these things where you provide great customer service. They would give, uh, and if the uh, customer would come to the manager and tell them, hey, this guy gave me, or girl for that matter, 
gave me great customer service and uh, selling me this product. And I just wanted you to know about it. Foot Locker would give employees like this $50 gold coin to like buy something with $50 off in the store. And so there was an instance where a young lady was asking about running shoes. And I was able to tell her like, you know, this particular shoe not only runs small, but is also lighter. So if you're a, a jogger or you run on the treadmill, you may want this shoe as opposed to this running shoe is a little bit a little bit heavier and not ideal for running. And so being armed with that product knowledge, you know, gave the customer value, gave the customer great value to make an informed decision. And she went back to my manager to say, hey, this gentleman gave me great customer service. Um, you know, and I just wanted you to know that. And yours truly got a fifty dollar coin to buy some Air Max at the time, so, <laughs> which were, you know, probably pretty popular right now, but I used to love uh, a lot of Air Max and running shoes when I was, uh, you know, when I get, when I guess when I was hip at the time, <laughs> but, um, but arming your customer with that knowledge and being knowledgeable of your product can go a very long ways, not to just building your client base, but also competing with the larger brands because like I said given the example of Walmart sometimes when you become so big you become so big you don't focus on uh, product knowledge and the people at the bottom who are selling your product don't have a clue and it can't really arm your customer with the knowledge to make an informed decision another thing you want to do when providing exceptional customer service is being able to handle surprises okay um being able to think on your feet can be very valuable uh, in your business. Let me explain. And let's go back to my days back at Foot Locker. Um, there was a day, it was on a Sunday, where we would have the store. And on Sundays tend to be fairly easygoing, slow days. Okay. So as you know, uh, Foot Lockers are usually inside of a mall. Okay. And there was a mall event that we did not know about. Okay, and it brought a lot of people into the mall. So after the mall event, people didn't don't just necessarily just leave the mall. They kind of linger around. And so that brought a lot of people into Foot Locker that day. For small business owners who schedule their employees based on the time of day and the time of week when you expect your most em employees, you, you know, so in this case, on a Sunday, you wouldn't you wouldn't have as many employees on the clock because you're not expecting as much traffic. So there was only two of us that day. Okay, so we really had to think on our feet to service customers that were originally not expected to come into the store that day. And so uh, as a large corporation like a Foot Locker, you sometimes don't pay attention to those trends. You don't look at mall calendars to see what's going on in your mall in, in the uh, in the mall. So also let that be a lesson to my entrepreneurs who have a, a brick and mortar store inside of a mall space or you're renting out space in a mall. Always pay attention to not just what's on the mall calendar, but what's in the area. You may be able to attract uh, clients or customers based on something that's going on in the area. So that's a way to kind of filter that traffic, if you will, uh, to your store and to your business. And so being able to handle those type of surprises um, provides great customer service because a lot of times, believe it or not, the customers, if they have to wait a little bit longer, they understand, okay? As long as you explain to them what's going on, they understand that it may take a little bit longer than normal because they weren't really, you weren't expecting them to come in and they weren't expecting to come in themselves. So being able to provide that can be very valuable, uh, a very valuable asset 
in your business. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you're getting extreme value from today's content. I really make it a point to try to arm you with all the information you need to be a successful small business owner. And with that being said, you are listening to The Startup Life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than the Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers. Store name, Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on stories from authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And don't worry, teachers, all lessons are Common Core aligned. Let's continue. And last but not least, before we wrap up for uh, today's show, um, do not, I repeat, do not feel intimidated. Okay, the thing is, those larger corporations used to be small at one point in time. Walmart used to be a small little uh, store the size of Family Dollar when it first started. Amazon started in the garage. Okay, so don't feel intimidated. Okay, you can compete with those larger corporations. A lot of the tools that we gave you today will allow you to do that. And believe it or not, as you research those tools, they'll lead you to other tools that you know we probably didn't mention but probably be more fitting to what you do because the thing is not all tech may be geared towards what you do not all things that you do to define your niche or create your niche uh, will be geared to what you do and that's okay because the it's in that process of trying to find the right formula or the right mixture that does fit is where you find the success so don't feel intimidated if you, some of the things we showed you or we talked about doesn't fit your your organization or fit, fit your business. That's okay because you will eventually find it because like I said, in that process, you'll find the process that's right for you and your business. So what's the bottom line today? The bottom line is this. Like I said earlier, okay, how big, how small, how middle-sized, it does not matter. You can compete with anybody. You can compete with Amazon. You can compete with uh, if you sell ice cream, you can compete with 31 flavors. You can compete in any industry, in any space, with anybody on the planet, okay? So anybody who tells you otherwise, you probably need to weed them out of your business. If they're your family members, I'm not saying get, like, you know, get them out of your family, but as far as your business is concerned, you need to not take advice from that person. Because the thing is, as entrepreneurs, we learn, and we adapt. And if you have the ability to learn and adapt, just like evolution, you will be able to compete. That's going to end today's show. I hope you got very great value from learning how to compete with larger corporations. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or want to advertise on our show, let us know in the comments section. Subscribe to our show as the Startup Life can now be heard from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and also our website, www.askowlsllc.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. For a behind-the-scenes look at what we do at Owls, follow us on Snapchat at Owls LLC. There you'll see our creative process and exclusive content. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. <laughs>